The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 320 of the Spanish Announce Table. We skipped a week. We didn't tell anybody, but we tried, and we were having some technical difficulties, and then it was getting late, and we were very depressed about the Chiefs losing the Super Bowl. And so we figured, look, this is not going to be a good show. Uh, and, and and the Table Nation deserves better. You deserve nothing before you deserve bad Spanish announced table, you know? And, le- and let me be clear. I want to highlight, you deserve nothing. Yes, exactly. You know, it was the first part of that sentence, but you deserve nothing before you deserve bad Spanish announced table. And uh, so, Tom, we are here. We have, we have come to terms with the Chiefs uh, losing, losing the Super Bowl. God, it hurts. My mouth doesn't want to say it, but... Uh, it has happened, and um, are you uh, have you stopped crying yet? When you wake up, were we supposed to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at some point, I think we're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, not until the season starts, uh, when it is going to be the uh, take it back tour twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two. But yeah, no, it sucks. That's right. we're and last take week, it in the back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it, we're. Right. And here, here's the thing, too. Uh, it is good that we missed last week because it was a lot of complaining. And, you know, we're positive and patient over here. Um, and we won't go into the details about a Super Bowl that had a referee whose child was named after Brady because Tom Brady was her favorite football player. We're not going to talk about that at all. Yeah, why would that Not going to talk about it. And how that referee alongside the head referee set a Super Bowl record for most penalties against one team and a half. No big deal. What we're going to talk about, though, is how we've moved on and we're doing great things. So, Tim, what have you been up to? What have (laughs) you been to? Okay, actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pause because I do know what you've been up to. So let me start with my thing that that I've been up to and then we'll roll into your thing because your thing pertains more to the show. So what Mm. I've been up to, thanks for asking, is I've been listening to the Foo Fighters newest album, uh, Medicine at Midnight. It is so good. I don't know if you're a Foo Fighters fan. I am one of my favorite bands of all time. And for men of a certain age, which we are, uh, it is totally appropriate and very, very good. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it's not something to where I'm listening to, you know, little idiot or whatever the new fucking rapper is. And I'm driving in my car and I'm like, I feel fucking uncomfortable listening to this. Like, it's totally appropriate. For so that's a, me, right? Yeah. I, I will. Now, what I will say about the what I do like about a band like the Foo Fighters and other folks of that nature is that you're, it is appropriate if I show up at that concert, I'm not going to feel looked at and out of place, which is just right. call it good or bad. I mean, that's a fact of what it is. Like when if mm-hmm. I, I love the latest rap, right? Uh, and, and, and all that jazz. I, I mean, I, I listen to it more than most, you know probably white folks our age that you that you'd find around our area and um but if somebody came to a concert here and i went there i would stand out right but not at the Foo fighters um and at the Foo fighters i'm probably not gonna like plug in the cd and listen to it all the way through uh, that's not my style of music necessarily to listen all the way through but like if i went to a concert with you i would jam out the whole time be like this is fuck this fucking rocks right like i would understand like it's good music um and Dave, I, you know his his history and with oh, Nirvana and, and I tell you and what, just yeah, his, so that band itself and his uniqueness and, and and his personality is is fun. Yeah, Dave Grohl has such an interesting life. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of the interviews as the album was set to release, 
And Dave Grohl just has a famous story with anyone to the point where this British uh, interviewer asked Dave Grohl, he said, let's play a game. And they seem to have good rapport. So I'm assuming Dave Grohl and this guy have talked many of times before, right? But he goes, let's play a fun game here, Dave Grohl. I'm just going to say a random celebrity's name and I bet you have a story. And Dave Grohl's like, oh, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, let's, let, let's just play it. He's like, okay, fine. And so the British uh, interviewer goes, Elton John. He goes, actually, I do. Here you go. So I'm walking down uh, the street in London. We just got done with the tour the night before. My wife, my kid are there. We're going down the street as we uh, pass this uh, little strip mall of, of stores. This uh, SUV pulls up and the security guards walk in front of us and it's Elton John. And my wife says to says to me like, hey, you're Dave Grohl. Like, say hi to him. And Dave Grohl's like, he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> like, even though he's Dave Grohl, that's Elton right, John, yeah. right? He's like, I don't know, and so, know who the hell I am, right? Yeah. And so the the SUV goes to pull away, and he said 30 meters, which I'm American. I don't know how far that is, but it's far enough. So he goes 30 meters, Dave Grohl says, and the car stops, and then Elton John gets out and kind of jogs back towards Dave Grohl, and Elton John puts out his hand and goes, Dave, it's nice to meet you, Elton John. And Dave Grohl's like, holy shit, you know? And the one thing he said, though, that was interesting, he's like, interesting, he said, he said uh, the one thing that I will always remember about that, his earrings match his shoes. That's the type of style that Elton John has. And it's like, swag. he has, yeah, and he has swag. a million of these stories. Yeah, he's got a Prince story. He's got, obviously, uh, Kurt Cobain stories. He's got just everyone you can think of, Mick Jagger stories. I, I hope he writes a book. He's one person that... Uh, I hope he writes an autobiography of just his stories in life because it is such a rich life that he's had. Uh, so working for the local radio stations here, uh, we were doing one of these what we call a van hit right outside the Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center um, in Kansas City. And, you know, I forget what band was playing out there, but the old guys who'd worked there forever were like, hey, we were doing one of these for the Foo Fighters. And we were talking about the um, Westboro Baptist folks that showed up for this, right? And he was like, he was like Dave Grohl. They were doing the outdoor concert over there in PNL, and he was like, he literally had the crowd turn around and flip them off and tell them to fuck off, like chant it to the beat of the song. He was like, he went up in front of one of them and was like singing right in their in their face. Oh, and everything. the last fun. time, yeah, the last time they were here in Kansas City, they played at the Sprint Center, now T-Mobile Center, mm -hmm. and those Westboro knuckle draggers came out and were saying all their stupidity. And so what the Foo Fighters did is before their show inside of the arena, they got on a flatbed truck and went right to where the Westboro congregation was yelling. And they just started playing YMCA and every like gay pride song they could think of while Westboro was doing their whole thing. So it was like, YMCA, and you know, they're doing that. And then they're doing yeah. like uh bad and bougie and all this other stuff. It was just, yeah. Dave Grohl is great. Great, great yeah, guy. Fun. Anyhow. Yeah. That's what I've been up to, Tim. Now let's get into the reason why people are listening pro wrestling. And with that being said, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I don't know if you've noticed or if anybody's told you um, it's frozen outside. Oh, and yeah. So I've watched a lot of wrestling. Number one, I watched. Um, so I watched the NXT 
um, event, right? I watched the SmackDown. I watched the Raw. I watched the Impact Wrestling No Surrender, their Tuesday night show. I watched MLW Fusion. I watched the Young Rock show. Um, I watched AEW Dark. Uh, lost and NXT today in Dynamite. Well, and everything. so yeah, let's everything. let's do a qu- yeah, let's everything. just do a quick uh, quick hits here uh, before we do our deep dive into mm. AEW Dynamite. So you watched MLW, you watched Impact, and you said you also watched AEW Dark of that crop of shows. And again, it's a small sample size. But who jumped off the screen for you? Was there so one wrestler where you're like, I'm going to watch this person one more time? I've watched MLW Fusion a couple times in the last couple of weeks. This Hammerstone, right? This guy, um, mm-hmm. he looks pretty intense. Um, I think he's got some some fun stuff ahead of him. Um, Impact Wrestling just still is hard to get behind with anything. I like Brian Myers is calling himself the most professional wrestler. I think that's a cool tagline, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like Eddie Edwards every time I see him, so that one's a rough one. I still don't, you know. Um, the Young Rock Show is something that stuck out, first of all. That was cool. Um, we can get into that deeper if you want to later there. Um, you know, AEW Dark. It's, what about it's, Bear it's Country? Did you like Bad Bear Country? Country? Bear Country's cool. I just feel like AEW, the tag team, is so many that I don't know if you don't. They're going to need a mid-card tag team title at some point to do some story. A and junior a division show, or something? Yeah. You know? Dark is getting a little. I mean, they had Moxley on there, albeit it was a job match. But, you know. That's okay. Uh, here's what happened, though, uh, with our frozen house, though, Tom. We can get okay. into this, right? So mm-hmm. it's frozen. We've got a, a furnace that heats the upstairs where the kids' uh, level is up there. And it's always had a little struggle getting the heat, and they had put in a heat pump a few years ago to give it a little extra boom to get some heat up there. Well, it kind of that seemed like it was broken because it was stuck at, like, 60, which nobody's dying, right? It was kind of cold, right? And so um, – we call in the folks, the warranty, and they come in, and, and this guy is digging around in it. And he was like, yep. He comes back down after a few seconds. He was like, your thermostat was installed wrong. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah he was like, I said, put this little bit of jumper wire on there. He was like, uh, he was like, everything's fine. He's like, a couple hours will be up to heat here. And I was like, what's wrong? The heat pump's not broken? He was like, no, the heat pump's working. You were only ever getting heat off the heat pump. They wired it wrong. And I was like. Why? What? Why? And he was yeah. like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you know, it's not uncommon. I've seen it a couple times. And I was just like, you. F-. I was like, okay. And I was like, let me guess. That's the way more inefficient system. And I've probably been paying outrageously. He was like, oh yeah, your bills are going to be a lot better now. I was like, you suck. For like three, four <laughs> years. Yeah. And I was like, you. And then I was like, it's so weird to be like, this is a good thing, and I'm fucking mad about it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. do home ownership. Don't do it. It's the worst. You do it, yeah. You know? uh, you do as it. a new homeowner uh, moving into my wife's house, um, it is something to behold. I tell you oh, what. Oh, man. But yeah, the wrestling is good. You know, I mean, MLW Fusion. I'm going to give MLW Fusion. We can hit that back again. Yeah, um, of course. Their graphics and their like video work is top notch. Um, oh. Really good. Yeah, that um, Contra. I've seen Contra yeah. a few times. That on just the promo and the like uh, uh, presentation of what Contra is is to be honest, and this isn't a, a slight at MLW, but the just presentation and video package of Contra is way cooler than Contra. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. I see the whole stuff and the package, I'm like, fuck yeah! And then when they come out, they're just you know, it's Fatu, and he's good, and he's a wild Samoan, right? And that's all great and stuff. 
but it just doesn't jump off the screen like the whole video package in YouTube clips yeah. do. That stuff is awesome. Yeah. Well, and then there was one thing about Impact Wrestling's No Surrender, right? The whole thing's built around Tommy Dreamer, right? He's getting like one last shot to win a world title. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Turns 50 he, or turned 50. He, he gives a a passionate speech to open the show, right? They open cold on him in the locker room getting ready. And I mean, it wasn't like as typical as you would think. And I was like, not bad, Tommy Dreamer, right? I was like, not bad, Tommy Dreamer. You did the job, right? Like, go Tommy Dreamer, right? And then he walks out like it's like that was like pre-recorded. It's day of. He's in. He was like, he was like, I just watched the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, uh, defeat the younger, more talented champion. I was like, fuck you, Tommy Dreamer. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. I hope you die tonight. I hope you die in the middle of the goddamn ring. So fuck Tommy Dreamer. He lost. That made me happy. Right? Good. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah. Getting inspiration from that, from that mm-hmm. weird fucking asexual tom brady fuck Ugh, anyhow uh but let's get into what we're here to talk about uh as longtime listeners know uh, we do deep dives on particularly uh aw dynamite and so let's start that now so aw dynamite kicked off first off really really good episode uh, another very strong showing from aw dynamite but it kicked off with tag team action because tag teams in AEW and it was TH2 the hybrid two whatever you want to call them versus Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy first off I'll say this anytime you kick off any show with Hangman Adam Page I'm already in like the music's fucking awesome he walks out and he looks like a million dollars the presentation the believability the cowboy shit I'm all in so I was already excited then Matt Hardy's there and that kind of dampered things. But anyhow, Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy get the win. Uh, what did you think of this match against TH2? This match was fun. Um, these guys went at it, right? Everybody was, was run all over the place. TH2 is is fun. I mean, it's not 100% our style match, but um, there were some timing issues in, in and out of there, if I, if I had to be honest. But Hangman, uh, that double lariat, um, was fun to watch and all that. Uh, the most interesting stuff that I've got a lot of questions about is the post-match stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'll just take it from here. The, you know, he Matt Hardy takes the mic and he's like, yeah, great. Like, you made a great decision. You signed with me. You're going to make a lot of money. I'm going to make a lot of money. And then, then Adam Page is like, aha, gotcha, because I slipped the papers on you. Somebody told me to always have more papers on you, because that makes sense, right? <laughs> Which is, you know, it's fun, but it's wrestling. And uh, he brings out the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot, and then that mascot's got the papers. Matt Hardy reads them over. He's like, "Oh, this is this says you you're gonna get my first quarter earnings, right?" And then I'm, I'm catching what now? Okay, yeah, right, okay, right. So all right, let me. Let, so then well, I can't even remember all of it exactly how it flows, right? But then so he says, "Okay." Let's let's make a deal. You you got me. That's smart. But let's put yours on the line too, and we'll make a match out of it. Big money match. It's big money Matt. And he's like, okay. And then uh, the Jaguar hits him from behind, right? Uh, hits Hangman from behind. The boys all come out, and then the Dark Order saves him, right? So I've got so many questions about this, right? Though because like Matt Hardy had to already know, right? Because Matt Hardy's the one who like took the mic. How did Adam Page know to like have the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot set up to bring out the papers? But then Matt Hardy had to know in advance because it was Matt Hardy's guy as the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. 
Um, what are the levels of deepness? Is Matt Hardy that good, or did we just majorly fuck up here, right? Yeah, and this is a great this is a great plot hole. Yeah, because then if you're Matt Hardy, wouldn't you think that one of the members of Private Party, which I think it was Isaiah, wouldn't he just tear up the papers? So then the Jacksonville Jaguar uh, mascot would walk out with ripped up papers, and then Hangman would be like, "What the fuck happened here?" And then Matt Hardy's like get him and then the jaguar who then is isaiah is beating him up and they're like ha 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 you thought you had one over on us you had you know we had one over on you but yeah to your credit why would he walk out with papers that is fucking over his manager matt hardy and then attack hangman adam page what good call i didn't even think about that until you started explaining it yeah that is complete uh, yeah, to believe complete. it as it went down, Matt Hardy would have been had to be like seven steps ahead of everything and like know that he was going to pull him, pull him, and it all it all centered on them winning the match anyway, right? Like it was all a little bit of a. Now know, I, like, I will, yeah. Now I will say I do love the idea of a big money match. This is one aspect of pro wrestling that I think they should dive into a little bit more. Is you know, especially in America, if you're an international listener, I honestly don't know. You know your. Uh, norms and culture uh, as well as in, in America. But like here, gambling is a big thing. You know what I mean? People place bets on everything, right? I bet I can make this piece of trash uh, in the trash can before you. All right, bet five bucks. And then we're doing it double or nothing, all that stuff. So it would be, it would make complete sense that pro wrestlers would be like, I'm better than you. Like, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. All right, well, then bet. Bet your first quarter earnings or whatever it is. Bet your, you know, next two paychecks uh, in a match, me versus you. If I win, I get your money. If you win, you get my money. Like, that makes, like, there should be more money matches in pro wrestling because it's just logical in, in American culture to place bets on yourself, on others. In general, gambling is encouraged uh, to the point that we have a hotline if you have a addiction problem. So this big money match, I was a huge fan of. And so I like that a lot. What did you think about the, the match at Revolution where it is? I don't, the first quarter earnings, I thought was a weird, like, why not just say a month or the, that was a weird way to phrase that. Also, yeah, when, can, uh, yeah. when Matt Hardy asked uh, TH2 to then beat up on Hangman Adam Page, did you catch? He said, uh, I'll give you thirty seven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do think some of that. Yeah. I think a lot of that was just being coy of being the, you know, hey, we're going to have a couple, you know, unique things to say. It's first quarter. It's whatever. It's, you know, oh, it's funnier if we say this kind of a thing, um, which, you know, again, this is going off. Well, I mean, this is a cool story. It's not I haven't seen anything kind of necessarily like this. So I'm I, I'm enjoying it as it goes. And hopefully this is to put Hangman over and we can move on. Now, I did like how, you know, everyone uh, of the heels were beating up on Hangman Adam Page and then the Dark Order comes and saves the day. It is. I saw this on Twitter and I'm going to steal the line and I don't remember who said it, so I'm very sorry. But uh, they said something to the effect and I'm paraphrasing something I'm not even going to give actual credit to. So that's my work uh, that this is the perfect love story that we need in pro wrestling in 2021. The Dark Order, Hangman Adam Page. This is just perfect. It's like we said last or two weeks ago, you know, the Dark Order now are just the lovable nerds. 
that you like and I like, but we're never going to take them out because they're a little embarrassing to go to a party with, but you love them to death. And now you're just starting to see like, they also have your back where if you're getting your ass kicked, they're going to come out and help. But man, you know, uh, guns and what, what did we call them? Uh, guns and poses. Guns and, guns and poses, and poses John yeah, Silver. is out there just, you know, beating up people and and posing everywhere he can. And Hangman Adam Page, we just have to have this love story completed where he takes full ownership and leadership over the Dark Order and we get that new, you know, dark Hangman Adam Page down the right, down the line. But I just love this. This was just I love the the Dark Order and Hangman story. It's it's really fun. Yeah, this was good. All right, so now as we move on, we got a women's match in the first hour of Dynamite. It's happened before. I think you can count on your hand how many times it's actually happened, but we got the women's world title eliminator match. Rio making her re-debut, I guess, or return, however you want to say it, because she's been out for so long that I think to some casual AEW fans, she, even though she's a former champion, was debuting in their eyes, taking on Serena Deeb. And this was awesome. I agree. I think this match was, uh, first of all, a storytelling masterpiece. I like the the technical kind of it was back and forth. They're going at it. They're, they're talking about her knee. She's leaning on it a little bit. And then a knee injury happens, and then Serena Deeb's like, fuck this, and she starts hitting a little bit harder, right? Starts getting a little bit more just whap uh, in there, and then the ending sequence was just a little whip, whip, zap, zip, zam, bam, whoop, ho, it's over, right? That's official terminology, maybe a little. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Um, but man, I, I thought this match was super great. Um, and again, in a great spot on the card as per or not the usual. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this was done really well. Yeah, and I thought this was honestly a pay-per-view quality match. The other thing that I guess the reason why I was so invested is with a tournament format, there's not necessarily uh I mean, let me let me back up, I guess. When we had the the men's uh title eliminator uh tournament, we kind of knew it's going to be Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page. But for this, we don't really know on the surface who the, the, the favorites are. So going into this, I didn't know if Rio would win or Serena Deeb, who was looking strong this entire, you know, last half of last year and early into 2021, if she was going to win. So I also didn't know who was favored or who was going to be the one to win. So you add that to the pay-per-view quality uh, action. Like you said, that in sequence with the bump, 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 that was just, uh, That's exactly how it went. Awesome, awesome segment. It really, you know, reinvested me into that women's title eliminator tournament because now I'm interested in uh, Anna J versus uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Who's the favorite in that? You have the Dark Order, but you got the Doctor. So there's just so many interesting things with what they're doing. And this match, just like uh, the Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa, another home run for a women's match on AEW Dynamite. Two weeks ago, apologize, not last week. All right, then we got our Orange Cassidy must pose uh, match of the night where Orange Cassidy beat Luther in a squash match. I will say this hard hitting action right from the jump. They didn't mess around with uh, the fun gimmick stuff. It was power bombs and clotheslines and the hard hitting stuff. (sighs) 
but I will say at least Orange Cassidy didn't get jumped by Miro. Orange Cassidy didn't get distracted by Penelope Ford. So I will say, hopefully this means Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor go do some fun stuff away from Miro and Kip Sabian, and then they can do something on their own. But it was what it was. I agree. I think they missed the boat on the Orange Cassidy thing. This thing was destined to be a flash in the pan because while the gimmick is cool and it's fun, it's not something that's going to carry a storyline for a long terminology over this career. Like it's definitely reliant on the other person. Um, I mean, there's a few things I feel like Tom could write a, a decent storyline for Orange Cassidy that that uh, that involves you know a long term you know planning. I but, can do it. There, it, you know what I mean? It's rare, right? And and so they should have rolled the momentum while it was hot, and I don't know they're going to get that back. And that's all I feel when I watch them now. It's all kind of that, like, oh, it's the one that got away. I think I think it's good that he's in a, essentially a reset mode where it's we're moving past the Miro Kip Sabian stuff, right? But we don't know what's next, and that's okay. And as I said many times on this, on this podcast, the best use of Orange Cassidy is is in little burst in little things where you don't expect him to, to see him. For example, I, I think it was Cody and the nightmare family taking on the inner circle. And it turned into just a, you know, uh, an arena type street fight where they're just going everywhere. And this in the bathroom, I think it was orange Cassidy's just standing there. And it's like, what the fuck is he doing here? That's when orange Cassidy is the best is when you're like, you know, unexpectedly sting let's say is looking for team taz and he's going around the backstage area and he's throwing tables to find him and he's pissed off and he turns the quarter and orange cassie is just giving him a thumbs up and now we're seeing this weird interaction between an icon and sting and orange cassidy like that's the best use of orange cassidy in my opinion but i understand he's a ratings juggernaut still for aw but let's you know, less is more with Orange Cassidy, in my opinion. So let's move on. After the Orange Cassidy Luther match, we had Team Taz and Sting. And this time we had some uh, physical interaction here. So Team Taz says, hey, Sting, we heard you're going to call us out. Well, guess what? We're actually down a man because of the weather, because apparently, um, two of the other powerhouse Hobbs and, uh, Ricky Starks, maybe because of the freeze that's currently going on in the, uh, Southern part of America couldn't make it down to Jacksonville. Uh, so Taz is like, Hey, we're down a couple guys sting. Why don't you come here and, you know, see what you got. And Sting does, and he doesn't talk. He doesn't do any corny hoodlums or whatever that shit was earlier. He just says, let's fight. And he goes right after Brian cage and hook gets him with the baseball bat and you know takes him to his throat and brian cage power bombs 61 year old sting in the middle of the ring what did you think of this tim um yeah i okay so taz blaming the polar vortex on sting was funny i like that one yeah <laughs> where he said yeah. like, like couldn't get Hobbs here because it's snow. He sent all snow down south. Um, that was cool. Um, except the inconsistent, drawn-out storytelling has led us to a point where suddenly Taz, minus some members of Team Taz, is ready to flex on Sting and be like, one dude with a baseball bat? What's up? When we spent seven weeks sending him 
all of those guys and powerhouse Hobbs running for the hills anytime that snow started. Why the ch- it just doesn't make any sense, and this whole story because of that has left me like like be- not caring about Team Taz and not caring about Sting. You know, it, I'm just left with nothing to care about now. I agree. I do think it was uh, refreshing to finally see some physicality from Sting. You know, he debuts uh, at uh, Winter is Coming. And, you know, that was a cool shot in the arm for AEW. And, hey, we have Sting here now. Okay. But then it was repetitive and repetitive and repetitive. And then some corny uh, promos. But then we finally got Sting throwing some hands. And that, I think, should have happened earlier. Where I thought they actually missed with this storyline is I thought it was cool that Brian Cage powerbombed him, you know. But if we're going to say Sting is who Sting is and AEW does a good job of recognizing what the IWC is saying. I felt like in the middle of this show, when Brian Cage powerbombs Sting, we should have had some follow-up. Is Sting okay? Did Sting suffer a concussion? Uh, did Sting have to go to the hospital because of the powerbomb? Does he have bruised, bruised ribs? It was it was really just like a standalone, hey, he powerbombed him, and what's next? And it's like, you can come back to this because it's a big moment, one, for Brian uh, Cage's career, and two, for Sting because first-time physicality in AEW. So that was where I thought it missed is the moment happened, and then we just completely zoomed past it because we got to get to Cody and Brandy are having a baby. What is it? You know, and it's like, okay, but also Sting just suffered a power bomb. You want to talk about that? So yeah, some some misses there. But overall, I I didn't hate it. I thought it was really cool for a hook to get involved. I, I like that he's more than just a uh, angry kid in a hoodie. Like he actually was like, I'll go in there and, and fight hook the goddamn legend like Sting. Stab somebody. Yeah, I like Hook a lot. Uh, you know, of Team Taz, Ricky Sarks is the star, but I think he's a little bit different than what Team Taz is. I think the the prototype of what Team Taz should be in the future is what Hook is right now, that just gritty, unnamed, I know he has a name, but you know what I mean, gritty, unnamed prospect that's just ready to kick everyone's ass. I like that. But let's move on. Now we have the AEW Tag Team Championship match. It was the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Uh, fun fact about this, Santana Ortiz getting their first title shot in AEW, which one should tell you about how deep the division is in AEW, and then two should just tell you about how they need to be pushing Santana Ortiz. How is this the first title shot? Anyhow, Tim, what did you think of this match? Yes, this is what I thought we were going to get more of when AEW started. I thought we were going to get more of these like top teams that weren't in the WWE universe and you know, I mean, going for the titles. Um, right before this match, we did get Kenny Omega reading to kids um, yeah. at a school, um, which had some good spots, and Don Callis played his role perfect there, too. Um, all I kept thinking about, I was like, this makes me feel uneasy about coronavirus. I was like, I wish we weren't doing this scene. Like I was just kind of like, I, I, you know. I was like, I don't like any of this. Um, you so, know what I didn't like about it? If you yeah. if you notice at the very end, uh, uh, what what's his name? Michael, uh, I, I, not Tazawa was it? No, Tazawa's in WWE. Yeah, uh, Naka Nakasaki, I think. I don't know what his name is. Um, but that guy, yeah. I didn't like that. It was a bunch of white kids beating up on a minority at the end of the segment. Oh, well, that's what. Yeah. That's the part I was like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, it was an interesting so uh, story. But, yeah, but back to the Young Bucks-Santana um, Ortiz match. Um, 
the shot where like their their knees collided, um, and then Santana's coming back on a double stunner, um, you know, and that near the, like that whole thing going on is one of the premier things that we I think we like to talk about with this young buck style. All look cool, y'all connected. It just took too long to look believable. You standing there wobbling for 20 seconds while he makes sure he's right i don't think there's enough practice on the transitions Mm -hmm. i don't think they're not getting in there to make sure that like there is there can't it can't go wrong here you're going live like stunt work in a movie we would and i know like we're supposed to forgive some of it but your whole match is this way now you know like i don't i i want to see if you're gonna do this they need to work better on the timing if i'm being honest yeah, you know, that's something I think we're, we're going to always criticize the Young Bucks on. Uh, and I think it's for two reasons. One, I agree with you. I don't think they're going in there and practicing some of the spots that they want to do later on in the night. And two, I think it's because, hey, we're the Young Bucks. And if we do wait 10 or 15 more seconds, you're going to pop when the guy goes through the table or the big spot ends up happening. And that's going to be something I mean, that they're not you know, wrong to some extent, but like when people tell us like, well, you just like, that's just the new style. Stop it. Like, no, what I'm telling you is their timing sucks and I'm not yeah. wrong. You're just telling me you're okay with the timing sucks. And I don't like, I don't know why you're right. about that, but yeah, right. the, the opposition <laughs> like, okay. to that style isn't the moves. Well, some of it is right. Some of that Lucha Libre where I'm going to grab your hand and smack your chest and let's run 20 feet to the other cor- uh, turnbuckle. That's a little bit different, but what, what the young bucks do is like to you said like what you said there uh, the timing is not crisp so then it makes us go like hey th- there's better wrestling guys like if you show a, f- a friend who's a casual fan even more so than just your normal wrestling fan you got to be like no no no, yeah. no no they're really good sometimes you know and you got to like you know defend them even though you don't even like the young bucks kind of stuff I did like at the end um, when so they win with a you know little roll up whatever and then they start getting the boots put to them, right? Like, they're getting their ass kicked by who was doing it. They were getting their – oh, the inner circle, right? The inner circle comes mm-hmm. out. They start beating yeah. their ass. And then in the back, you see Omega and Don Callis and the Good Brothers, basically, like, leaving them out to dry, right? They're all like, you go, you're going, you're going, you better get out there, right? And then they take forever getting out there. And, I mean, I think – Yeah, Brian um, Cutler beat them out there. Brian Cutler yeah, Brian actually Cut- comes out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Well, because uh, next week he's going to get beat up by Jake Hager, and that's fine. And it makes sense because in real be life, the nightmare family next week. Well, he's going to be a no. He's a he's a super elite camera guy because he's the one that does all the BTE camera stuff. Um, but it also makes sense because he's their best friend, so he would come out right. But yeah, they just kept you know standing there. Kenny Omega did the WWE thing, which. Uh, Excalibur pointed out like, Whoa, I can't believe how he was standing or whatever. He said again, nah, what are we doing with that? I, I, I guess like at this point, you're not the indie promotion. You're the second biggest promotion in the world. So stop with the little stupid jabs like this, when it doesn't really mean anything to the story that Kenny Omega is standing, like how WWE wrestlers do anyhow. Uh, the good brothers do eventually make them make their way out though and come for the save. Although it was, you know, tiptoeing and, you know, stretching beforehand that uh, took up all the time to get out there. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I'm interested though, in this two worlds colliding. Cause the inner circle has all of their, you know, 
inner fighting. Cause before this match, the other thing I forgot to mention is uh, the inner circle does a, a promo backstage with Marvez. Chris Jericho essentially says like, Hey, MJF was wrong. Sammy, you're definitely wrong. But I really enjoyed how you saw the ego of Chris Jericho in this promo where he said, like, the biggest slap in the face is that you offended me. Now I'm paraphrasing here, but like, I, you know, almost essentially saying, like, I don't care that all these guys fight amongst each other. They just don't fight over like they're not fighting me. Like everyone can do all their stuff. But as long as everyone knows that I'm the top dog here, we're good. And if you offend me, then you're dead to me. So Sammy Guevara now dead to Chris Jericho. We'll see how that plays out when Chris Jericho gets kicked out of the inner circle. But until then, really good stuff. All right. Now we get a really fun match. I think this was fun because we know them, but we got to see the Seidel brothers, Matt and Mike, Mike Seidel, a journey pro alum. Let me pause you there because you mentioned this off air and, and I'm peeking behind the curtain a little bit here. Uh, or letting the fans at the Table Nation peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Tom can't find his normal rundown sheet that he uses online. And yeah, thus, I can't do it. He doesn't have the in-between, the matches. But I was taking notes like a good host. Oh, look week. at you. And I was live I tweeting. That, I know that before this match, we got a gender reveal party. Oh, yes. that's what I was going to mention that. Yes. So before this match which we did get Matt and Mike Seidel, Mike Seidel, uh, local independent pro wrestler, the brother of Matt Seidel, obviously taking on FTR. But before that, Brandy cuts one of the most confusing promos of the year, uh, saying, I miss you guys. I wish I could be there. Hey, two seconds later, I'm walking out pregnant, uh, in a pandemic into the crowd. Did we not? Did you not catch that part? Did you take that in your notes? Because like she said, oh my gosh, I miss you so much. Let's surprise Cody. That. Yeah, she's like, I did not catch that. That's good. let's surprise Cody. And I was like, oh, okay, job, like so. But what I thought was okay, we're gonna get some type of reveal from her in this promo, and then the music hits, and it's blue and pink, which is fine. I like that. And then it's just a, it's a girl. And my wife was watching because she was, you know, doing her reading and things of her interest, but she was somewhat interested. Her routine. Right? She was doing, yeah, her, she was routine. doing her routine, obviously. Um, but she kind of stopped because she was interested, right? Babies and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. But so they do the, it's a girl. And she just looks at me and she goes, that was kind of underwhelming. And I was like, it was, it was so yeah. underwhelming. And it was also a little bit self-serving to where Cody had an entrance to tell you that he was having a girl and that was it. There was nothing else yeah. that he was a part of with this match. I, um, I, the thing that I took away was, um, dusty roads. And the thing that I want to think about is man, like I, dusty roads passed away before this whole AEW thing kicked off. And it would be super interesting to see. Cause he was running NXT. Like he was, the guy in charge of like everything NXT. And it would be interesting to see how they handled that in this family uh, going head to head, man. Like, Oh, that would have been weird to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just felt off that Cody, Cody doesn't have a feud with FTR. Cody Mm -hmm. doesn't have a feud with the Seidel brothers. 
he was putting over that he has this match with Shaq, and we got to see Shaq and Jade Cargill uh, getting ready for a pro wrestling match by playing basketball, because that totally yep. makes sense. Uh, but yeah, why did we just have this self-serving moment of, it's a girl, I'm on commentary, that's all. Anyhow, FTR and Matt and Mike Seidel, let's talk about that. Yeah. This was a really First fun of all, match. friend of the show, Mike Seidel, uh, interviewed here in the NWL days as Ken Dharma. Uh, that was super awesome to see because of that. Because we know that guy. You know, we've talked to that guy. He shook his hand many times back in the name dropping, name dropping. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but super awesome guy. Always friendly. Um, always, you know what I mean? And, of course, you know, um, know some of the people you know as well. Um, so that was super cool to see him get a, a national TV spotlight like that. Yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, as we fast forward, FTR does get the victory over the Seidel brothers post-match. We see FTR attempting to cut the hair of Mike Seidel. Lights go out. We see the Luchasaurus mask now with new horns. They're black. Uh Uh-oh. And then lights come Uh on. Luchasaurus comes in. They clean house. Next week, though, or I believe it's actually for the March 3rd show, we're going to get Jurassic Express taking on FTR and Tully Blanchard. To totally just be like, hey, Sting, hold my beer. Watch me do this before you? Yeah. What in I the hell? I bet he doesn't do much. He's going to get in an easy not. spot or two and not do much. Um, yeah, is he going to be in I, his I, old I tights? Know. Be interesting. This March 3rd is coming up, but also, man, this Revolution car. Let me run down what they've already announced here. I wrote this down in my notes like a good host. Uh, let me run down this Revolution card because we, you know, we've got more of Dynamite, but uh, I want to I talk about some of this. We're going to have... Uh, face of the revolution ladder match right six folks uh where the winner gets a shot at the tnt title and so far we have penta el sierra miedo right i don't know how the fuck to say that cody rhodes tom's former man crush scorpio sky who stole our gimmick that's and why he's three not my man folks crush yet anymore. to be named we don't know if they're gonna have to earn a spot or or whatever so that'll be fun aw women's world championship match where hikaru shida will defend the winner of the aw women's world championship eliminator tournament big mm-hmm. money match right the winner of matt hardy and, and hangman getting their first quarter earnings of the loser the street fight which ought to be a cinematic match i'm assuming or at least a backlot brawl where they can kind of mitigate what happens to sting you don't have to take real bumps right he takes some fake shots from a trash can and shit like that um, i mean who knows he just took a power bomb maybe he's going all i in. think it's easier for a guy in sting's condition to take like hardcore style bumps right take some stuff to the back get thrown into a dump you know to the side of a wall versus pick you up power bomb yeah hurricane rana you know what i mean like so mm-hmm. i think like they could get away without it being a cinematic match and doing that anyway and the aw world tag team championship match the young bucks against chris jericho jericho and mvp with wardlow to point that out they they put on the screen so um well you also missed yeah. you also missed one match there that we would get announced at the end of the show and we'll get mm. to that when we get to the main event. Yes, they did uh, announce one at the end of the show, right? Yes. Yes, which so, is which comes off of the main event here that we'll get. Yeah. Yeah, so let's move right into the main event. We got to see uh, a six-man tag. I loved how the story of this match was Eddie Kingston's demons he had to exercise to move on in AEW. That was so cool to me because on paper you just see Eddie Kingston and the family, right? The Butcher and the Blade 
taking on John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Lance Archer. And on paper, you just say like, well, those are all, you know, mid card to top level talents. Cool. But like John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, Lance Archer, what do they have in common? Oh shit. They've all had beef with Eddie Kingston. This isn't just a random main event. This right. is centered around like the layering of AEW sometimes is just chef's kiss. Good. Just that great. Because how many times do we see in WWE just random story of guy and other guy tag team now against their two rivals? And what the fuck? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. What the fuck? But this makes total sense, right? John Moxley even cuts a promo where he's like, damn it, Eddie. If you're going to make me kick your ass more, like I will. But one of these days you're going to realize like I'm your friend. And then you had the Eddie Kingston promo where he's like, Ray Phoenix, you're an asshole. I never even wanted you. I want a Pentagon. You were just there as like extra baggage. Uh, Lance Archer, you still never beat me. You're a bitch. John Moxley, I'll never get over that. You're an asshole. Like it was just, I loved it. Loved getting into this match. I agree. This match was super fun. There was a lot of hard hitting. I mean, when we talk about big men slapping meat, this oh. delivered. I mean, Ray Phoenix was a, a smaller guy in that match, but I mean, he had those couple of those like super kicks out of nowhere that were just uh, sounded like he connected with everything. Um, it, that was a great match, um, and the fallout of it is what well, really got interesting. Well, yes, let's get to the fallout in just a quick second, though. I wanted to get your feedback, though, on Jake the Snake's uh, T-shirt. Did you catch what his T-shirt said? Oh, yeah, his T-shirt said, uh, what, snakes eat bunnies? Um, (laughs) Tony Schiavone pointed that out. Uh, That's great. That means he had to, like, I I didn't see it. I don't know if he, like, wrote on it with a marker. (laughs) It looked like a screen print. print. Yeah, it looked like a screen print, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I did. I I think that was a a great um, little touch. AEW's full of those. Match was hot. That there was a couple spots. Like I said, we keep hitting on the timing, but like um, the ending though, there were or I don't know if this was right at the ending. This is where um, uh, Eddie Kingston hit somebody with a, a spot, and then he went for that like spinning back elbow, and that's where um, Phoenix kicked him right in the in the damn face, and then Lance Archer came through with whatever move he did. like. It was just. They all work together on how can we make this just one after another, just hit, 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 hit with everything. The thing that stuck out, too, was the entrance. When it was Moxley coming in with Archer and Phoenix, and they were ramping up, like it felt like big match time. Like It felt like I was like, I'm ready to go with these guys, run the ring and hit somebody. Yeah, Ray Phoenix had some type of, it looked like New Japan style mask that he was walking out with. If you were just to show someone a brand new promotion, they might think this is, a, again, another pay-per-view quality type build because, right. like I said, yeah. Ray Phoenix has this specialty mask. Like you said, Lance Archer and John Moxley are kind of, you know, getting pumped up as if this is like, you know, a high school state championship football game or something. And then you had Eddie Kingston doing his... Eddie Kingston makes me believe anything he fucking tells me. I, I swear on everything. He could tell me that the sky is, is orange. And I'd be like, yeah, it totally is. Like the, the sun's down right now. It's dark. But if he's like, no, 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 sun's out. I'm like, yeah, I guess Eddie, you're right. Like that totally makes sense. Cause he's in the ring acting as if these three have just completely betrayed him and he will never forgive them for the rest of his life. It just, yeah, the, the, the combustible elements moving into the start of this match was awesome. It does end with Moxley and Kingston squaring off to renew that rivalry. Kingston hits his back fist. 
But John Moxley just goes, fuck that shit. Here's, here's a paradigm shift. And gets the win. Now, let's get into after the match. Yeah. Let's after the match, the Good Brothers, this time, not so long to get to the ring. They're out there in a heartbeat. They go out there, attack John Moxley, and then Kenny Omega appears. And he brings out this stack of papers, which looks to be a contract. It later is confirmed it was a contract. And he says, hey, John Moxley, you bastard. You had a rematch clause in here. And you know what? I guess I guess I got to give it to you. It's in the contract. I can't get out of it. Your boss, John Moxley, is going to make me do this. So I guess I'll have to, to do it. But let's raise the stakes. Let's make the match at Revolution an exploding barbed wire death match for the world championship. The fuck is that mate? What on? Here's the thing. I don't even know. I'm so flabbergasted. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tim. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tim. It's one thing to say a Japanese promotion that is seen by a hundred thousand people once has a barbed wire death match. And that's something. It's another thing when the main event of a pay-per-view from the second biggest promotion in the world does a barbed wire death match with two of the best pro wrestlers in the world. This is insane. Yes. Um, for sure. The second biggest in the United States, the world, you know, I'd have to see numbers, but, um, to some extent. Yeah, that's a shock. I, I don't, I, it makes me wonder if, if we're going to actually get there, you know what I mean? Like if we don't get some kind of like Tony Khan, like I'm not going to let this happen. And then everybody, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, maybe, or they have some kind of dialed back version thereof of some of the things you may find. If you Google exploding barbed wire death match, like I did to try to kind of see, I was like, they're really going to do this. Um, I want to point out um, Kenny Omega's boots were one of the most oh, atrociously bad things. I loved uh, them. That was so, <laughs> so awesome. Good. God, he's yeah, so ugly. I love that it. Was so great. Um, and so yes, I like I like everything he did. He's like okay, but now and it's almost like all right, John, this is what's going to happen. Even if you find a way to you know I mean like win this off of me, like you might die in the process, and this is going to happen to you now because you did this to yourself. Yeah, so I've seen a couple of these matches. Again, it was those tucked in a corner of a niche of a niche kind of interest where, you know, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you still got to be a bigger pro wrestling fan and more of a hardcore fan to seek out these kind of matches. And I have on a couple of times through a YouTube search, things like that. I think we are going to get this match. Two reasons why. One, I think they loved Kenny Omega and John Moxley, how much of a stir they caused the last time they had a pay-per-view match that got them fined in whatever state it was with that hardcore match that they did uh, in 2020. So I think they loved the like, ooh, we're the we're the dangerous ones in the promotion. Woo, look at us. Now we're going to do it again. Oops. Oh, we ooh. can't do that on TV. Right. Oh, well, I guess we're going to do it on pay-per-view again. Me, right? I think they loved that shit. And then the second reason why I think we're going to do this match is now we all know peeking behind the curtain of AEW, John Moxley is going to be a father for the first time. Well, he's a top guy in the promotion. He can't just go like having a baby. I'm out of here. He has to get injured. And so good I think point. this is going to lead to the good brothers or even, yeah. you know, all of them. Omega's winning this. Yeah. Omega's going to win yeah. it. Cause again, I'm, I'm holding this true until proven otherwise. 
The one guy that's going to take the belt off of Kenny Omega is not John Moxley. It's Hangman Adam Page. If it's not Hangman Adam Page, I'm fucking writing you, Tony Khan, a really strong letter. It's really going to be. Yeah. And it's really going to have like underline and bold. It's going to be so passive aggressive. Tony Khan. I've seen Tom's letters. Yeah. They make you feel like they make you feel like a bit of a bad person. Oh, I can write the worst professional passive aggressive emails, Tony Khan. I tell you what. So anyhow, going back to this, I think Kenny Omega retains, but we need to get John Moxley off of television. What better way than, oh my God, the most dangerous match of all time has taken him off of TV and on the shelf for he died X in amount an exploding of barbed wire death match. Hey, AEW, the forbidden door is open. Wouldn't shock me if that's where they go after this. Is that anal? I don't know, but I'm excited. This is going to be so, so off the walls crazy, I think. And again, right. going back to that hardcore match that they did, where just they thought of everything and did it twice. This now has exploding barbed wire. Jesus of Mary. I don't know where they're going to go with this. It's going to be awesome, yeah. though. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't know where they're going to go with it, but. Uh... They're definitely going to be pushing the limits. So I'm excited to find out what's going to happen with that. Definitely. And so we ran our poll on what did you think of AEW Dynamite? Uh, not a ton of votes this time around, which, hey, it happens, right? Hit and miss. We're not uh, necessarily the most consistent with even posting this poll. So there you go. Thank you for those who did vote. But with 58% of the vote, it went to A. So I gave a A, B, C, or D. 58% went A. 25% went B, 17% with went with C, 0% went with D. So overall got a really passing uh, grade. A was the majority of the, the votes there. I love this episode. Tim, what did you think? I agree with the masses or maybe them asses. I don't know where the space is supposed to be, where I wrote it here in my <laughs> notes. But um, uh, I agree. I think this was an A-grade show for AEW Dynamite. And that's the thing that's, I think, amazing about Dynamite is so many things happen and it still didn't feel like an iconic t- iconic type of match, right? Sting gets power bombed. Uh, even wh- whatever you want to say, they didn't do a great job of execution, but like... Shaq was on the episode. Kenny Omega announced a barbed wire exploding uh, match for Revolution. And it still feels like, yeah, I think there have been better shows. Like, that's how good of quality they put out where this is insane. If this was on WWE, we'd talk about this for years. Like, remember that one night when Shaq was there and Sting took a powerbomb and then they announced the fucking crazy ass match? Like, we would talk about that. There would be columns written on bleacher report about the amazing episode of raw and where we're going to go from here and dynamite they're just like yeah we do this every fucking week pal like that's us come see us homie come see us homie okay so i guess we're going to move into uh the wwe side of things we have an elimination chamber coming up this sunday so that'll help us kind of hit everything wwe related Main roster wise, um, elimination chamber, Tom, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say elimination chamber, uh, overdone. I miss when it was Mm. something cool, when it was dangerous, when you had Goldberg spearing Chris Jericho through a pod door. And now it feels as 
desanitized as a normal Monday night raw match. Like there's just no edge. There's no, there's edge. You're, but uh, yeah, there is edge, but, uh, I think with this, cause Kofi Kingston's now in one of the matches, I think on the raw side, obviously, uh, yep. I think we're going to get a spot where he climbs the cage and jumps off onto everyone. But other than that, it's going to be rinse and repeat of your same standard spots. I agree with you that it is overdone. And I think it's the same kind of process of like the hell in the cell and the TLC, Mm -hmm. where when you make it an event, you now have to fit something into here, even when something doesn't warrant it. Now, even if you had an elimination chamber event every year, I don't think this should also be on the road to WrestleMania. I know it's leaving you a bunch of options open in case somebody gets you know, injured or somebody's got to, you know, whatever the reason is. So it leaves a whole bunch of, I mean, they can shuffle those decks in a moment's notice by the end of next month and still come up with a main event. They're not tied into whatever happened in the Royal Rumble, but let's just forget, like, I don't, so, like move that to somewhere else in the year or make the Royal Rumble not the thing that gets somebody a title shot. The Elimination Chamber does. Like, this is just weird now. I agree. That makes sense. Yeah, because if you say the road to WrestleMania starts with the winner of the Royal Rumble match, well, that's not necessarily true because I have another shot, if I'm a superstar, to get into the Elimination Chamber match, and then I win the title that way. So it's, yeah, you need to put Elimination Chamber maybe post-SummerSlam in that little lull of fall that really doesn't have much. Uh, maybe put it in the Survivor Series, right? Survivor Series, survive the Elimination Chamber. You can, you know, market like it that, that. way. Yep. Uh, yeah, I agree with you though. It, it it feels like another start stop. So we start yeah. with Royal Rumble, then we stop it with the Elimination Chamber, but then we start it again. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a yeah. little clunky. Well, we'll go through some things here. And um, by the way. If you want a full rundown of some WWE stuff, I, I know of one uh, WWE Raw review that you can catch in just under a minute. If you follow us, follow us, by the way, on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, right? Those are the main things you got to focus on. This we're going to catch the hottest updates at. Uh, you can find all the links on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Uh, YouTube is SpanishAnnounceTube. Uh, TikTok is at SpanishAnnounceTable. Twitter's at Table Show. Hit us up with hashtag TweetTheTable on Twitter. You might get some red here. Uh, we got a long show this week, and we were off last week, so we didn't get a whole influx, and we're going to pause that for this week, the Tweet the Tables, but keep keep those rolling in. We'll read them next week. But um, Elimination Chamber, right? Uh, so we'll cover some of the stuff that happened on Raw, but if you want to catch a deep dive, check that out on TikTok. I got a WWE Raw review right on there. It's now, awesome. There's only four things here on WWE.com that they're listing as matches, so I don't know. We'll probably get something more. WWE is notorious for this. Um, they'll come up with something at the last minute. So, well, is the Roman Reigns thing on there? Because the SmackDown side of the Elimination Chamber is the match, and then the winner has to take on Roman afterwards. So that's a two-parter. Right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, technically there will be a fifth match then, I guess, here. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll roll through what they have right up here on WWE.com. Yeah? Elimination Chamber. You excited, Tom? Mm-hmm. You excited, Tom? I am. All Let's right. get into it. Let's a little bit here. We got a Raw Women's Championship match, Asuka and Lacey Evans. Now... Lacey Evans uh, was pregnant, so I don't know. We've got to come up with a different um, scenario here. So this is still on their card. So what do you think happens, I guess we'll say? What happens? By the way, I like that you're giving me a – well, so I like that you're giving me 
a storyline to come up with, which by the way, on our YouTube page I did for Cesaro, I was given the task of just doing his general mm-hmm. push. Check that out. It's a little under 10 minutes. Anyhow, what would I do with now Lacey Evans is pregnant. She can't be the number one contender against Oscar. I would say Ric Flair pushes the hand of Charlotte essentially says, if you want my love as your father, you will do this match for my friend Lacey Evans. And then Charlotte's like, you mother fine and goes in there and they have a match. It's not that good. And Oscar retains and Ric Flair costs Charlotte the match. Somehow. I still think we're going to do this father, uh, daughter rivalry, but with the father using next since Lacey Evans is out of commission with being pregnant, which congratulations. I think what we would might, what we might see here, Peyton Royce is the fill in right now. Ric Flair's kissing on Peyton Royce and Peyton Royce is a good wrestler. Peyton that Royce and Charlotte, that could be a good, that would be a good match. It would be there. Yeah. What's Peyton doing right now? Nothing. So I still think it's the Ric Flair has someone that's going to show Charlotte that she's not good enough. But going back to this, Charlotte wrestles Oscar. Ric Flair does something. Oscar retains. Okay. Then we have a United States championship well, match. Ah, God. Yeah. Oscar's <laughs> going to come out of this with a, a title, right? Like, what does it matter? <laughs> what does it matter? Oscar's going to win because they got a punt, right? They basically got <laughs> the punt. I love it. I said, like, what do you think? Nah, fuck this shit. <laughs> I mean, really, what? Nothing of significance is going to happen in this match now. Nah. Not that anything was going to. United States Championship match. That's awesome. I wonder if I can name the show title. Nah. <laughs> How do you spell that? All I right. don't know. I think it's M-N-A-A. All right. United States Championship match. Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. Uh, I'm still not going to drop the first name. I'm not doing it. Not yeah, not fuck that. Matt it's Matt Riddle. Um, God. Mm, I, the only reason I see Bobby Lashley losing this is because they made put him up in a in a higher great like he goes up against drew mcintyre so i think bobby lashley's gonna lose somehow there'll maybe be some her business little kafluffer right kafluffle if that's a word um mm-hmm. and keith lee wins this thing Ooh, i like that idea i think regardless of what happens matt riddle's taking the pinfall i think matt riddle's in this to lose yep yep and so that sucks because i really like matt riddle uh i think I think Bobby Lashley retains. I, I do agree with you with the Keith Lee being maybe the new mid-card guy to take a title and run with it. However, with Matt Riddle in this match, I can see Keith Lee hits the spirit bomb on Matt Riddle. He gets up. Bobby Lashley spears Keith Lee. Keith Lee rolls to the outside. Bobby Lashley uh, pins Matt Riddle. Bobby Lashley retains. Yay, Bobby Lashley won, but it was really Keith Lee who beat him. And then at WrestleMania, we get the one-on-one match, Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley. Keith Lee at WrestleMania then beats Bobby Lashley. So that's what I think happens. Okay. All right, then we've got the two Elimination Chamber matches. Now, the SmackDown side does come with the caveat that Roman Reigns is going to take on the winner that night for their title shot, which is a great story. God, he's, they did on he is just amazing, isn't he? Everything he's doing yeah. makes you want to give him the middle finger 
and also be like, I would do that as well. I would do that exact same thing, but fuck you, coward. <laughs> you know? I, I do know. Um, so let's run through this first match here. We have Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. Both of those were, or no, it was Uso and Kevin Owens that were automatically placed in, right? They didn't right. have to, mm-hmm. right, didn't which have is to fun, Jay Uso. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, who they seem to be trying to highlight lately, uh, Sami Zayn and King Corbin. Um, whew, this is a rough one. I don't know because I still don't. I think Roman Reigns comes out of this. They're going to have him strapped up at WrestleMania, so he's beating whoever it is. So I feel like it, you know it could be Kevin Owens. He overcomes the odds again just to get screwed out of it again. Could be Jey Uso and we get a finger poke doom. There's so Ooh. many ways we could. Could be Cesaro and then he gets screwed out of it. Now we've got a you know what I mean. A Cesaro's taking on Roman Reigns thing. So. I really don't know which way we're going to go with this. So I'm going to take a shot in the dark, and I'm going to say Owens wins this just to lose to Roman Reigns again. Just kind of spin the you know, the hope of Owens again. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get at WrestleMania Kevin Owens, Jey Uso. I think that's going to be where those two guys uh, land on the card. That could be a good match. So with that being said, I think essentially those two eliminate each other from this match, you know, disqualification. I don't know how you could get disqualified, but you get what I'm saying. They they fight to where Daniel Bryan rolls one up and King Corbin rolls up the other one. They're both eliminated. What and the fuck? Knock you each other out. Cost? Yeah, and something like, like that. It's like Corbin right? and Zayn get to steal. Yeah, exactly. Side, yeah. Uh so with all that being said, even though I just did a video where I think Cesaro should be pushed to the moon as a wrestling machine. And this would be uh, the greatest catapult for that type of character. I My gut says Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan is kind of on his last leg as a full-time wrestler. We're going to do something to where he's the Iron Man in this match. He then goes after Elimination Chamber, says, Roman, you piece of shit at 100%. You can never beat me. You never have or whatever, you know, says something like that. And then at WrestleMania, we get Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. Ew. And but then I think, but then I think, yeah, I agree with you. Roman Reigns beats whoever this is. Here's one thing though that I think they missed on. If you caught SmackDown last week, they had a tag team match where the the winner, the winning tag team, gets the two spots in the elimination chamber, and it was King Corbin and Sami Zayn, and then Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Rey and Dominic should have been in this match. I know they're doing the like. Ray is trying to tell Dominic how to uh, navigate the waters in WWE and to like get his career on the right track. And Dominic's saying, I can do it on my own. They need to fucking fight just a little bit. And this is a good way to force them to do a hurricane Rana on each other or whatever it is. They should have had some intrigue where Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio get a little, I don't know, you know father, ever... son find myself muttering the words that Ray and Dominic should have been in this match, but, you wouldn't want to see that. What if what if Rey Mysterio hits a six one nine on Cesaro and right no, out of that Dominic, Dominic Mysterio in this match fill in the blank for whatever match? I don't ever want to see them in no. this match. Yeah. Now, uh, yes, this will be a great story to tell. If they're in the elimination chamber. They got no, they're one and two. Yeah, that, or, exactly. You know, you know what I mean, something. Yeah, they have fight. to start it off. Yeah, and so. That would just be perfect where they kind of stare at each other in the ring and like Sammy or not Sammy Zane's in the match, but uh, 
who would be a heel? Jay Uso. Jay Uso is just like fight you pussies, you know, yeah. you bitches. And it should be Ray who does the dirty thing on Dominic finally to try to get one over, right? Like create the tension in the family and raise the heel. Damn it. That would be over. Now, yeah. see, now maybe we might see a Ray Mysterio heel run because he's trying to get his son over. We might actually Wouldn't see that, that nowadays. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Anyhow. Hmm. All right, so the Raw side, WWE champion Drew McIntyre will defend in a match against Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, and Sheamus, the late edition Kofi Kingston. So, yeah, the Miz thing, first of all, Miz's promo to open Raw was good. I liked mm-hmm. it. I like how, you know, he gets punked out, and then he's like, you're fine. Like, you can see him snapping a little, but then the swerve, like, well, I know I made fun of it in my video of, like, well, now I'm not going to fight him, but it is smart. I was like, why would I do this? I'm going to wait. I've got the money in the bank. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. Uh, and then we get Kofi, and which is fine. And Kofi, you know, came up big last time at this, and Kofi's going to put in everything, and Kofi's good. I don't – I mean, I, could, I guess I could see him winning, but not. I don't. I, I mean, they're going to have Drew McIntyre as the champion at Mania, I feel like. Now, we may get Drew versus Kofi, like something happens here to lead us there. Like, I could see them trying to get a push behind Kofi again, you know. But I don't know. I, I just feel like Drew McIntyre still wins this. Unless Sheamus wins it, and we're getting Drew Sheamus at Mania, and Drew wins it back, right? Is the only thing I yeah. think. But I don't think they're going to build around Sheamus. So I think Drew wins. Yeah, and that just feels a tad underwhelming, doesn't it? If I were to tell you, even though they've uh, been Randy best Orton. friends for twenty we'll years, get Randy Orton fiend because you know Randy well, Orton, yeah. she's bringing she raised the dead. Yeah, you know, in a satanic ritual. So like, maybe maybe Randy Orton wins, and we get Fiend trying to get that title. Now that would be nice. That would be fun. I wouldn't hate that idea. Although that would be the second time that they've wrestled for a champion. Randy Orton would have how much? How many? Like he'd be close to Cena, wouldn't he? He'd be like fourteen, fifteen title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be up there. Mm. Ah, what? What do I think? So one thing that I think is interesting that we haven't talked about yet is we obviously don't know, but the placement of these matches, because I think my gut tells me. The person who's standing tall at the end of all of this is Edge. And I think if you have the SmackDown championship, or excuse me, the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, you're going to get Daniel Bryan wins it, right? And then Daniel Bryan loses to Roman Reigns, and then Roman Reigns stands tall. He takes a spear by Edge. Edge stands all over Roman. He's like, I picked you, bitch. Like, let's fight at WrestleMania. Okay. And the spear versus spear. But I think if Raw is the one that ends the match, or excuse me, ends the night, then Drew McIntyre might do the thing where he overcame Sheamus and, oh, fella, you weren't good enough to beat me. And then Edge says, you're not good enough to beat me, motherfucker. Wap. Yeah. And then wap. And he spears Drew McIntyre. And then that's where Rated R Superstar debuts. And we get the Rated R Superstar versus uh, Drew McIntyre to go to WrestleMania. Without all that being no, said. No, here's what's going to happen. Corbin's going to win the SmackDown one. He's going to defeat Roman Reigns, and then Edge is going to spear Corbin, and we're going to get Edge, Corbin, at Mania. I mean, they did Corbin Angle, so it wouldn't mm. shock me. Corbin is the guy who retired Kurt Angle in WWE. Yeah. That one hurts, doesn't it? Doesn't feel good. It no. doesn't feel good, Tim. Doesn't it feels feel about good. as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Doesn't feel as good as Cocaine Shane feels right now. 
right here in this picture. Um, he feels pretty good. Um, so yeah, that's elimination chamber, Tom. What, uh, you know, I think we kind of hit it unless you've got any outward, you know, outro. I think, well, so I think, I think what we're going to remember from elimination chamber predicting kind of talking about what we're going to, uh, recap on next week's episode is I think this is where the fiend does come back. I think the way Randy Orton gets out of this elimination chamber match is Alexa bliss appears in the middle of the ring or something. And I think we even get a more sadistic, crazier looking, uh, fiend Bray Wyatt, whatever you want to call him. I think it's going to almost be comical. Remember when he had the big mallet against, I think it was Daniel Bryan. And we we're like, what the fuck is that? Something that dumb where we're going to be like, good effort fucking stupid but good effort because bray wyatt can't be bray wyatt because it's a pg show and vince mcmahon's a fucking idiot uh now um so i think something like that he may have fucking horns he may look like a luchasaurus fucking horn thing uh but yeah fiend is where we're gonna get that fun yeah, moment it's gonna be a new merch line of something for the fiend yeah right that's where something's gonna happen and then i think what else do i think i think Roman, we're going to think like is so fucking cool at the end. Yeah, Although I, I think he closes it and Edge stands over him. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, we also had another special event on Valentine's Day. I don't know what you did for Valentine's Day, but I don't know if it included watching the WWE Network for NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, uh, which is a unique take on the Vengeance and the Vengeance Day, Valentine's Day. This was the alternative to Valentine's Day. I liked all that. Um, we got the finals of the Dusty Cup. Uh, Dusty Tag Team Classic, whatever they want to call this thing, uh, the men's and women's. Both of those matches were really good. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeating Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart also got a win on NXT on Wednesday night. And if we're going to build up a women's tag team in WWE, I think that's a great spot. They both have a unique look that fit together and don't look like anybody else. And I think it would be a great tag team. I think they would stick out better than they are by themselves right now. Well, and I thought it was great that the winner of the women's Dusty Cup gets a shot at the women's tag team champions because now instead of this force fed, you know, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, well, get it. They don't like each other, but they're really good. Like we can actually have real tag teams down here in NXT trading the belt, moving around. And then when there is the need for some tag teams on the main roster, because we don't have some shit for Lana or whoever it is. Then we can move it back to the main roster. I, I love the idea of the women's championship, just going through all three brands. And I think right now it would be best served on NXT with, like you said, Shotzi and Ember and then uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel uh, with her big ass back and shit. Like, they have some good tag teams potentially. Yeah, so down they there. had a stare down on NXT, right? Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax come out and they're staring at Raquel Gonzalez and and um, at Dakota Kai, and Dakota's like Raquel, uh, you know, I know you weren't here uh, when they were here, so let me introduce you. She's like, you know, Nia Jax, she's big. She's like, and then you know, she was like, she this is the one who uh, ran out of town when um, uh, Rhea beat her ass. And then she was like, oh, Rhea, the one that I beat her at? And she was like, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's like, so that was fun, right? And then they got that whole showdown going on. So I, I like that. And in the corner is MSK and Beth Phoenix eating popcorn and stuff, watching this go on because they were out there. And MSK, 
and the grizzled young veterans put on a hell of a match in that finals. I mean, it was intense. MSK, they're hot right now, man. They they stand to, to they could stand to make a lot of money right now if they if they strike while the siren is hot. I don't know, you know. There's not a whole lot of story to the characters. You know, it's just like, a, hey, look at us, we're living the dream. Okay, but they can go in that ring. That's for sure. Well, if they ever decided to do like a trios match, like a, or a trios championship, man, MSK and Matt Riddle. The pothead crew right there, that would be 100% what I would do. I think that would be a great idea. But I do like MSK. I think I like them, though, because they are really good. But I remember them, and it wasn't that long ago, but in Impact Wrestling being the rascals and being funny and that cool-ass finisher that they have where the guy does the backflip and the other one pushes him on it. Then we got a match. Johnny Gargano defeating Kushida for the NXT North American Championship to retain it. Uh, God damn, these guys hit hard and they go. I thought this match was a little bit repetitive, if you will. Like, there was a couple times I was like, all right, we did this back and forth a little bit. Like, I would have ended it already, but I thought how they ended it was fun. Uh, And Austin Theory got kidnapped, so how can you go wrong? Yeah, but I thought... With Austin Theory getting kidnapped by Dexter Loomis before the match, thought that was good. I wish even though we would get Wednesday a little bit more into that story, Johnny Gargano beats Kushida clean. And that's the part where, you know, I think Johnny should have won. And I thought that going into the match, but Kushida needed to have something to where it was, uh, you know, someone indie or uh, a new debuting member of the way something happened to where Kushida almost had it. And then son of a bitch, the, the, the way got Here, in the way. Here's what you should have done is that the kidnapping doesn't happen before the match. Everything's going on. Everybody's out there. They're not necessarily interfering with Kushida, right? Um, maybe it's just Austin Theory. Maybe he sends, you know, Candace and, and Indy to the back because you don't want to be here and get hurt or whatever. And it's just him and Austin Theory. And then Austin Theory starts getting kidnapped by Dexter Loomis in the mid-match. Both Kushida and Johnny Gargano are, like, flabbergasted, like, Oh my God, what is going on? But Gargano still takes the moment of opportunity to not help Austin Theory get the roll up victory. And then it's too late to help Austin Theory, but he won the match, right? And then, I mean, that would lead into some, that's where I would have went with that. Yeah, that's that would have been a really good. That would have been fun and, and a little bit better for Kushida's character because, you know, he does all of this thing. He kind of does a rebirth of his career where, or excuse me, of his character in NXT, where now he's more serious and a bit of more of a badass. but then you just have him lose clean to Johnny Gargano. That was the only little miss for me on this whole event actually was just that little part where Johnny should have got some shenanigans in there to beat him. I'm a little annoyed about like when they found him, when they found Austin theory, like he's, Gargano gets him and he brings him out on stage, but like you found him out in the van, I'm assuming you left the hood on him and made him like hop in his zip ties all the way there. He's in different clothes that he wasn't wearing to my knowledge. Like I I believe he's wearing something different. And then he pulled the hood off and he acts like he's the subject of a fucking surprise party. He's like, Hey, it's me. I've just been kidnapped and assumably taken advantage of for all I know. Like, what are we talking about? This was all done weird for me. Yeah, I I thought it was fine, right? It happened. It did it. It could have been better. It, it, it was, I didn't like turn the channel and go like son of a bitch or fast forward because I didn't hate it, but it just went, well, that could have been better. That's, that's how I thought of the segment was. It could have been better. Yeah. All right. So then we also had 
Io Shirai defeating Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez to retain the NXT Women's Championship. This was another match where, uh, boy, these ladies went hard. They really were socking each other around. A um, couple times I saw uh, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, like, I don't know if the, who was mapping out the match, but somebody was needing some instructions. I saw a couple times where they had to kind of like, huh? Uh, hey, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a uh, little, little bit of an odd shuffle here and there. Uh, but man, uh, Mercedes Martinez, it was one where I thought I was surprised when they signed her. I was just like, that's un- unlike WWE to take somebody who's been like a veteran woman on the scene, you know what I mean? Like that to come in, you know, they, they go for the, next you know diva search type typically so that was cool to and to see them putting her in this spot and this was fun yeah what i will remember from this match was the table spot where tony storm goes to get rid of the things that were on the table and then it just collapses on its own that sucked and again that was one of those things where if you're doing an action movie that doesn't happen because you do a take two those like you were talking about earlier with the like the young bucks timing you know get better at that but we can forgive, at least I can, the table fell fucking out of nowhere. Like, that's no one's fault. Those are the things that I at least say, like, that's fine. I'll keep going with the story, right? But the timing stuff is where you got to clean that up. Where I, what I felt after this match was Io Shirai is great. I, I still think she's a top talent, but there are more interesting women currently in nxt than her that tell better stories and for as good as she is i don't think the title needs to be on her i think we need to tell some better stories with an indy hartwell i know she's not ready but you get what i'm saying someone that's doing something that can have layers to intriguing outcomes eo is great and eo has awesome matches and i won't forget the uh, you know, put herself in a trash can, jump off the cage moment. That was really cool. But we need to do something a little bit more interesting leading into these matches than just saying like, hey, 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 I get it each and every week. It's not going to be great. But when we get to this takeover, you're going to love her. And it's like, I need more than that, you know? So I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, we got more in the Pete Dunn losing to Finn Balor uh, for the NXT Championship. Um, this was a Matt wrestling phenomenon here too, right? Loved and of it. course the fallout, but this match, um, God, we've talked about Pete Dunne is good and Finn Balor knows what to do. And, and this was a big match for European fans. Of course. Um, uh, what'd you think? Well, first off, give me your Pete Dunne. Remember your Pete, it's Pete fucking Dunne. Oh, Pete fucking Dunne. Yeah. Pete yeah. fucking Dunne is amazing. Like he's just brutal and you don't like the guy. You look at him, you're like, look at this fucking guy. Blah. I don't like this guy. Don't want to like this Inst- guy, but I like this fucking guy. Instantly after the match, I thought of you saying, this is Pete Dunn. It's Pete fucking Dunn. Like, he was so Pete good in this match. Dunn. Yeah, so was Finn Balor. Finn Balor was really good as well. But Finn Balor maybe has a little bit higher uh, bar to reach. So when he does this, it's like, yeah, it's Finn Balor. He should be doing this. And not to say that Pete Dunn isn't as good as Finn, but just... Pete Dunn's still stacking up these classics where Finn has a catalog of it to where you expect it. So that's where my, my, the contrast was. Uh, but I loved this match. Thought it was good. Again, I prefer that European mat-based style. So when that happens, I'm all in. I, that's my favorite style of wrestling uh, in 2021. So this was my cup of tea. Now, the fallout. This is where we got some fun mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. So Finn... 
wins the match. Pete Dunne then gets his European tag team out there. They beat the shit out of Finn. They're bop, 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 bop. Uh, the Undisputed Era comes out, and they're like, hey, fuck these British European assholes, except for Finn right now, and we're going to fucking chase them off. Whoop, there they go. And then Kyle Riley, who's had some classics with Finn in recent memory, helps him up because, you know, they got that, uh, that, you know, competitive respect for each other. And they kind of do the, like, you're good in my book kind of stare. And then they all go like, let's do our fun poses. Classic NXT takeover. They do the little, it's over, uh, trademark at the bottom. Yeah. That and guess what, bitches? Thing, right? It ain't over. Oh, yeah. Cause then Adam Cole says, Hey, Fuck that bitch. He's the champion. I want to be the champion. Super kick. And you're like, well, what the fuck? And honestly, I was like, okay, so this is where we're going to get the undisputed era. heel turn again, you know, reestablishing themselves as the big heels in NXT. Well, quick little left turn on that. Then he super kicks Adam Cole. That is Kyle O'Reilly right in the fucking face. What did you think of that? I did a TikTok on this. Thought it was awesome. Not the TikTok. Well, I thought TikTok was awesome too, but I thought this moment was awesome. But what did you think? I like the caveat that um, Roddy is stuck in between everybody, right? And and they carried that on in, into NXT on Wednesday. NXT on USA, I guess is what we call that. Okay. Um, it, it was – that's fun. I like that he's like, no. Nah, and, and I like that um, – that Kyle O'Reilly is even like I just don't even. He's like it's not that I don't trust you uh, on NXT. Tony, he's like no, you know this is I don't trust you. I don't know who to trust now because of this. Like I, I just you better stay out of that ring or else you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's interesting. And then I like that Adam Cole's digging in. Like he wasn't sorry one bit. He comes out just whap whap whap. Mm-hmm. Super kick party. And I and I love that it was uh, Roderick Strong stuck in the middle, the perfect idiot with no charisma to be confused on what to do because you know what he always looks confused on what to do so perfect casting with this uh spot here i thought it was awesome on the takeover how they did the 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 storytelling of literally roderick strong was in between uh, unconscious kyle riley and an adam cole and then like you said then we get to nxt on usa he still is like the fuck's happening i just want to be beating up on other people not beating up on each other um, another fun part of of NXT's Vengeance Day, uh, a new superstar is signed to the NXT roster, uh, formerly known as Eli Drake. He is now L.A. Knight, is now in the NXT uh, universe. What do you think, Tom? Over, under, he dresses like a knight on NXT five weeks. I wouldn't say it's NXT. What happens is that he'll be chasing... Like, he'll have a great NXT run. People will love him. He'll go up to the main roster in a couple, you know, whatever that is, like a year to a month or whatever, and then he'll be chasing the 24-7 title around. Dressed uh, as a knight? background. Yeah, dressed as a knight, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, eventually, we got to get this comedy character dressed as a knight, thinking he's the coolest guy in the world when everyone thinks he's a dork. I like Eli Drake. I think he's been fun on uh, Impact. I thought he was fun on NWA. He has a very uh, captivating promo style, which draws me in, but he was brought in kind of as that comedy character, and that just doesn't serve well, it, the character it's well. It's very reminiscent of a Mr. Anderson, uh, yeah. Mr. Kennedy, if you will, in the WWE. So I'm a little, mm-hmm. you know I mean, obviously there's differences and there's a different point, but it very much that kind of style. And yep. swagger to me that I'm like, ah, this is going to get you right up to that brink of that top, you know, yeah. mid-card. 
Yeah, you and Andrade on Raw or main event are going to have some really fun matches that no one's going to care about. Can't wait for that, bud. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hopefully that, I'm I mean, wrong, right? Hopefully we're wrong and this turns into uh, a, you know, a Bobby Roode and NXT type of thing, which, I mean, look at Bobby Roode now, the dirty dogs for Christ's sake. But anyhow, you get what I'm saying. Like maybe it turns into something like that, but right now not too high on the LA night. Think he's great, but no confidence in NXT or WWE to tell that story. All right, what else, Tom? Is there any wrestling wrap-up before we get the plugs in and get the hell out of here? I mean, we've had a few technical difficulties. I'm going to have to splice some stuff together. You may or may not notice uh, as you're watching the show on the YouTube. But credit to you for sticking around this long. That's a little uh, right. spoiler or, or uh, um, what is it called? Easter egg for listening this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, then keep rewinding back and uh, find out where that happened. Study hard. But I, I, I thought this was a great re- week of wrestling. Like I said, AEW for me was the show of the week, uh, even though Vengeance Day was really good and Raw was what it was. AEW just keeps fucking hitting home runs. The, I mean, there's a few things, right? You've talked about it. the Jaguar thing didn't make sense. Shaq playing basketball while he's training to train for a wrestling match didn't make fucking sense. But goddamn, they do such great coaching wrestling. basketball. Even. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, right now is a part of the show where we would normally uh, listen to what you have to say. We would go to use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. If you used hashtag tweet the table, we would read the best of those tweets on the show. Or you can email us, tableshow at gmail.com. Uh, we had a few submissions, but we ain't got the time now to make it worth everybody's time. So, keep doing that. We will pick that back up next week because we want to hear what you, the listener, have to say. So, follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, find all the links you need at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And um, I guess until next time, um, don't do cocaine. The Spanish Announce Table.